right, they do, and welcome back to Range Anxiety. It's your weekend epicast, and it's actually a Saturday, not a Sunday session, and I'm uh, driving out to work to do a, a little bit of work. That's right, I'm working on a weekend. Oh, we got that much on that many projects, and <sighs> my compadre, as I call him, uh, John Munro from Powertech Tuning. I call him compadre, because when you say partner, people get the wrong idea. He's got plenty for us to do. And the list just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I've never met anyone more mental with motor cars than this guy. And uh, it, it's it's sort of refreshing in a way, I suppose, even for a grumpy old prick like me. So, yeah, today we're going to talk all things rubber. So I thought I'd do a bit of uh, a tyre noise in the uh, Tesla Model 3 performance. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah, we're, we're making a bit of noise today on the low-profile hoops on this thing because tyres are our uh, discussion piece of choice. There is no more important part of a car. Now, this is going to be a technical webcast, but it's also going to have a fair few uh, funny parts to it because I've known what I call uh, many tyre lunatics in my life, right? There's, you know, they're both ends of the spectrum, but we'll get there in a minute. You know, there, there is no more important part of, of the car than the tyre, ever, at any point, because it is your only, it's your only bit of contact with the ground, right? The only thing uh, between the chassis, the engine, the, the body, and the black stuff which you've got to hang on to beneath you are the black hoops on your wheels, and many, many people don't understand this. So, so often, I've, I've been involved in building cars for people that make great power. They've got great engineering in them. They do great things. And then they put like two buck Chinese tires on them and wonder why the thing's slow. So normally their, uh, their comeback here is to put more power in it, which compounds the problem and actually makes it worse. That's right. There are some people that just don't understand tires so there's two ends of the spectrum here listen to that that's a hog i thought all harleys were electric now well, there you go maybe they're not i'm gonna have to put my indicator on here so it's gonna start to sound a bit ticky click 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 there are two types of people with tires uh there are the ones that will spend a million bucks on the car and then put one buck tires on it and there are the ones uh, that there's three actually there's the normal people like me, yep, that's right, I'm calling myself normal. That's a bit of a far stretch, isn't it? That just use tyres for their intended application and don't go crazy about them. And then there's the tyre weirdos that will be, you know, they'll have a car and 10 sets of tyres for it and <laughs> and just swap tyres constantly looking for that extra edge of performance without actually knowing what the hell it is that they're doing. So yeah, three different people. Um, the thing about tyres is they're a bit like humans. They rarely, or human physicality, it rarely gets better with age, right? We start to deteriorate as we get older. I mean, have a look at me. There's, there's your lab study case in point right there, boys and girls. Um, tyres have a life, a certain life, and the big mistake that, that the people that don't understand tyres make is they have a look at the tread depth to determine the condition of the tyre. Now, 
for normal cats like me that are just driving around on the road and have given away trying to race cars but so are hopeless at it, that's fine. Look at your tread depth as being a way of working out how much water you can displace and, you know, stop your chances of aquaplaning off into a fence rail. That makes sense, right? That makes a lot of sense. When you're racing a car, though, it makes no sense at all. Tyres have uh, release agents in them. They have special chemistry in them that will only allow them to perform at their optimum over a given number of cycles. So once they've been hot and cold a few times, uh, the best of them is gone and the car will get slower and slower and the grip will get less and less and less. Which is, which is why it's always been a constant uh, frustration to me to, to watch people with fast cars and race cars go out to the racetrack after building to test on two or three-year-old tyres. Yes, they've got some tread depth less left in them. But no, they're not any good. They just don't bloody work anymore because their chemistry's stuffed. So the only way to ever test a car and work out what you've done with the chassis or how it puts its power down or what its handling balance is, is to put new sets on. And it's expensive. It certainly is very expensive uh, doing this all of the time. I've just got to go around these people because they're stopped in the middle of the road. <coughs> Lovely boys and girls. Um, the only way to test a chassis and work out what it's doing is with fresh rubber. That's right. There are no miracles here. And yes, it's very, very expensive, like a good set of race tyres. I mean, they're not as dear as you think. Like a good set of circuit tyres is, you know, regardless of size. If you budget two and a half thousand bucks for a set, Aussie, so, you know, 15, 1600 US, you're going to get something that's going to work and should last you like a 30 lap session. After that, throw them in the bin if you're trying to work out what the car's doing and trying to improve the car. They just simply don't work after a certain period of time. You know, you, you look at any, and, and look whether you think I'm right, wrong, stupid, clever, whatever, don't listen to me. All you've got to do is watch any form of professional motorsport and have a look at how the tyres really dictate the performance of the vehicles. Like, you know, someone comes into the pits and chucks a set of freshies on like an F1. It's all about the tyre. It shouldn't be called Formula One, it should be called Formula Rubber because it the rubber just determines everything and the car, they design the cars and engineer the cars specifically to try and keep the tyre alive or make the tyre work as best as possible. And then they make the driver and program the ECUs to go as gently as they can on the tyre to get the best tyre life because these guys at the top end of the game, they understand that rubber is indeed everything. Yeah, correct. It, it, it's it's not a secret, you know, and it, if you think it is, you need to go and do a bit of study. Okay, so, how do I explain this? This is quite an interesting epicast. Then there's the other sets, uh, the, the other type of people, the tyre weirdos, as I call them, or tyre freaks, you can call them whatever you want, that just go swap, 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 swap on a set of tyres at race meetings and stuff to to try and, oh, I know someone's going to try and cut in front of me here, it's an Audi. Um, that try and improve performance by constantly swapping sets of tyres in and out of application. I mean, I know people that would put full cut wets on in the dry thinking they were going to be faster 
on semi-circuit sort of builds, time attack style builds, and no they're not. Treaded tyres are always terrible things because they squirm, the tread blocks move. You know, the, the blocks of rubber, where they hit the road when you load the car up, will start to squirm, which gives you this, uh, you know, soft sort of rubbery feeling through the steering wheel. What it does, though, is if you can't drive or if you're not a confident driver, is that it, it gives you lots and lots and lots of warning what the car's doing because the, the tread block will start to deform and the car will start to behave differently well before the limit of adhesion is, is reached, which is why some people will go put on wets in the dry. It doesn't work. A wise man once said to me, that if, you see, because what they're doing is they're searching for comfort, this comfortable feeling of driving a race car, which, which doesn't bloody exist. A wise man once said to me, if, if a race car, any car, even a beautifully balanced car like a Carrera Cup car, if it feels stable and it feels easy to drive, you're just not driving hard enough. The description is, it's supposed to be like walking along the edge of a cliff with your toes hanging over the edge and you're just balancing and not falling off and driving fast on a circuit is never ever supposed to be comfortable and if it is, you're simply not going fast enough. So people searching for comfort, the tyre weirdos, take 20 sets of tyres with them and change them around looking for that sweet spot where they're not going to crash the car and normally they do because they don't learn anything about how to drive it. You get what I'm saying? And then there's application of tyres. Well, I see a lot of people that take really expensive cars, like, you know, really expensive cars, like McLarens and Porsches and whatever, to racetracks and go up there and thrash them all day on the factory-delivered tyres. Now, you can kind of get away with that with top-end cars these days because they have pretty reasonable rubber on them out the factory. You know, some of the... So some of the delivered tyres on, on top-end cars now are essentially a semi-slick and they're hopeless in the wet and whatever, but you can go out and do some track days on them. A few years ago, this wasn't the case. So you'd get, you know, guys and girls that would go out there, thrash their car around all day and obliterate a $4,000 set of high-end road tyres and not go fast. And the car drove like shit because of it, because they were on road tyres you know, and it didn't work. What they would have been better off doing if they like going to the track, I mean, it's all right if you go once, I suppose, and you, you've got no real interest in it, but if you're going to the track, you've really got to get yourself a second set of rims and put track tyres on them. That's right. Track tyres for the track. Surprise, surprise. And the car will be happier, you will go faster, and overall, it will be a cheaper experience if you go more than a couple of times there's my two cents for you and then of course there's people uh, that also use tyres out of application and because we've had this this dearth of non-existent uh, drag racing in South Australia for so many years because we haven't had a track all of the smart drag guys have pretty much gone into hibernation or, or gone into state when the border openings let them and there's a whole new generation of people that want to go drag racing and they're talking about putting um, circuit slicks to fit their like, you know, 20s or 21 inch rims or 19s or whatever they've got in their car. I can get these circuit slicks to, 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 to put on the rims and 
I'll use those when we go to the drags. Don't do it. In every case I've ever seen, the circuit style tyres are slower than even the factory street tyres, even if they're a slick. Yeah, that's right. Slicks can be slower at the drags than a factory tyre. And the reasons for this are quite obvious. Because when you get big diameter tyres that are designed for racetracks, not drag racing, drag tyres are always normally, we'll go into why in a minute, they're always normally big sidewall and quite small in diameter. And you know, there are some exceptions to this rule, but not common. So these guys and girls, and they go out and they go to people that, that circuit race and they say, have you got any second-hand slicks? And these are second-hand slicks that have had the, you know, the life used out of them and are ready for the bin. And, you know, they get them for like $50 each and go, wow, you got these slicks at 50 bucks each. This is going to be fantastic. No, it's not fantastic. They do not work. They've got no grip. They're only designed to work when they're hot. You don't get them super hot or in their operating window when you're drag racing. The release agent's gone out of them. The, the goodness, everything has gone out of the rubber. Nothing works. You go slow and all the drag racers get shitty with you. All of the proper ones, because they, they rip with all the wheel spin you get with this hard compound, they rip up all of the um, VHD off the track. Yeah, that just doesn't work. Um, you, you, there are some notable exceptions to this, like like the Tesla Plaid, you know, which which has so far proven to be faster on its on its you know Pilot Sport bloody Michelin's or whatever it's got on it than it is with Nitals or any other drag tire on it. And that that's all just due due to the way that the traction management is implemented on those cars, rather than anything to do with uh, a specific tire. Um, design or usage and I suppose it's also another view into why those tyres um, modern performance tyres that are super duper expensive are really really good all round, it's like no one's gone faster yet yet, I say yet because it will come on tyres on a plat than the factory ones but you know we've seen some pretty hard fast efforts too like just putting nittos on the rear and leaving the stock fronts which causes like a traction imbalance which is going to which is going to upset the whole apple cart, you know, people sort of aren't listening here, but it will happen, the Americans are really, really good drag racers, and when some serious, you know, they invented the sport, basically, and when some serious people get hold of these cars, which are still only limited in supply, I know I'll be waiting until, you know, I'm retired for mine by the looks of it, um, they are going to go fast, so there's my little rant on tyres for the day, and there's also one more a part to this story, and that's tyres on dynos, like you'd think everyone uses a hub dyno now, apart from me, but by the seams of it, and you know, tyre doesn't make really any difference, because you're not using them when you're on a hub dyno, but tyres tell a very, very interesting story when you're on a chassis dyno or a roller dyno, because they can affect the power output of the car dramatically, with distortion, with what I've, I've referred to before as stiction. Um, and these, you know, people go, oh, you know, you run semi-slicks or a circuit-style slick on the dyno. Oh, that was very nearly an accident in front of me. I was going to catch that on Tesla Cam, and I could have put it in the show notes for you. Would have been awesome. Thankfully, it, it wasn't me that was involved. Um, but, you know, you put semi-slicks on a car on the dyno from its standard tyres, it's going to read like between, anywhere between 5 and 10% less power at the wheels and they go oh that's not right you should be using a hub dyno well that's actually what's happening on the racetrack 
you are going to make less power, you're going to put less power on the road because of the way the tyre works, the amount of stiction and tractive effort, or traction, not tractive effort, traction on the road surface. So you're going to lose some straight line speed with a soft tyre, but you're going to make it up across the face of the corner. So ultimately, you're going to be quicker because you have a lot more grip. You see what I mean? And it's the same with drag racing. Well, you know, you have sticky tyres that distort and grip, rob you of power, um, why aren't we all just using hard tyres? Well, the simple bit is, you're racing the clock. And if you're racing the clock, right, you need that first bit of grip to go, listen to that big diesel. Listen to that. That there is going to be a museum sound very soon, thank goodness. Um, if you're racing the clock, you need that first half of the track or that first quarter of the track to be as quick as possible because that determines your speed. However, if you do use a harder tyre, it doesn't determine your speed, sorry, this is what I'm getting to, it determines your time. If you do use a harder tyre that is you know, slower, this is wheel spinning off the mark, because of this lack of stiction to the track, you generally will have a higher trap speed. So if you're racing um, ETs, you know, elapsed times, then you need the sticky tyre to get your time. And if you're racing mile an hour or traps, you want a slightly harder tyre that will take you longer to get there because of all of the wheel spin, but because of the reduced friction or stiction on the track surface, you'll generate a higher trap speed. This is not new. It depends what you're doing as to how you do it. So yeah, when people were talking to me, there's an 86, why do 86s always want to race me? Don't do it, guys. I've got more power at one front wheel than you've got with a turbo kit on one of those things. So stop it. Um, actually, it's got quite a nice sounding exhaust. Must have equal length headers. Unequal, the tac-tac sound, that is the sound of inefficiency. You heard it here first on Range Anxiety. Um, so yeah, your tire choice is really important. Uh, and so is your, your rim size and your rim weight. You know, you never see a proper race car with heavy rims on it. You know, it's always function over form with a race car, light, light, light. Like, you know, Formula One wheels, you can pick up and throw around like you're playing catch. And the same with proper drag rims because, you know, it's all stuff that needs energy put into it to spin it. So the lighter it is, the more power you're going to make. So that's what I like about chassis dynos versus the hubs is that they actually show you what you're hitting the road or track surface with yes there is another variable there is another you know being the wheel and tire and there is another way of absorbing or losing power uh, indicated on your dyno chart with this but that is actually what you're hitting the surface with not how much power your engine is making so you can learn some really valuable lessons off this you get me you're looking at the whole package on a chassis dyno rather than a part of the package which is your output with a hub dyno i mean hub dynos are needed for super high power stuff with slippery converters because you simply won't get the traction on rollers that you can get on a, prep, a prepped racetrack surface. So yeah, the horses for courses. For the kind of stuff I deal with, I'll use a chassis dyno because this is what we're actually measuring and what we're actually doing. So I hope you are able to take something away from this today. Tires, 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 
make sure they're good, make sure they're in application. Don't go overboard and buy 200 sets of them because that's stupid and, and you know, it won't do what you want it to do. Learn, listen, and, you know, I've been listening. I didn't make, you know, I, I didn't work any of this out for myself. It's all stuff that's been told to me over the years by smart people and then been reinforced completely by actual real world experience. So yeah, I reckon I'm pretty I reckon I'm pretty good with tires. I knew I was going to be shit when I went to the hill climb on the hard Model 3 SR Plus rear wheel drive tires. I didn't realize how shit I was gonna be and there are a lot of reasons for that. Most of them are up behind the wheel, but I knew what to expect traction wise and I thought the car's traction control system was advanced enough that it was gonna make it <sighs> how would you say, seamless, but it, it kind of didn't because when I started throwing the weight with the car around, it all became too much. Um, final uh, matters of business for today. This sounds very much like a meeting, doesn't it? I'm very serious, because it's Saturday morning. Final matters today. Uh, if any of you, you should, if you're a tech head with cars, follow a guy called Sandy Munro. I mentioned it before on YouTube. He's an ex-Ford engineer and, and, and a really good thinker he's not a young guy he's been around a long time he's been you know working in engineering with these big OEMs since the 70s and 80s I'd imagine going by the look of him and sorry Sandy if you're listening we, we loves you that's an Australian term but he had this incredible rant uh, on YouTube on his uh, Munro live channel about what the United States government and the United Auto Workers Union are doing to Tesla Motor Company. Now, he sits on the fence. He works for a lot of OEMs. He, he interviews them all for his channel. He does design projects for OEMs, mainly in China now, so look out. Um, everyone, because they're doing, he's doing some really good work with them, do his company Lean Design. And he is absolutely disgusted and appalled with what the American government are trying to do to Tesla. Now, you don't have to be, he's not an Elon Musk fanboy. He knows Elon, he's interviewed him. He reckons he's a really good top level engineer, whatever. But we've got here one or the most American auto manufacturer, the most American. Oh, they're not doing stuff in Mexico. Most all of Tesla's design and manufacturing is done outside of Shanghai and Berlin, obviously, which are just manufacturing hubs for local markets, is done in the US via uh, Silicon Valley, California, Fremont, and, well, I think it's close to Silicon Valley, and the new Giga Texas plant. And the American government are trying to nail Tesla to the wall at the moment, effectively trying to put them out of business. I mean, they never will. The NHTSA, as they call it, they call it the National Highway Transport Safety Authority, over autopilot, um, over fires, over all sorts of things that are just absolutely stupid and not based on fact. To give you an example, there was how the media spin this and the government agencies. The plaid was at the Nürburgring trying to set a time the other day and they put it in the fence. I don't know how bad the accident was. I, I really haven't even bothered to read the reports. It made world news headlines. Tesla crashes at the Nürburgring. Guess what? Most manufacturers have had big crashes, big ones, much bigger than this one by the looks of it, at the Nürburgring trying to set times. You race cars, they crash. Do you see when a, you know, when a Patronus AMG F1 car crashes, does it make headlines? Does it, you know, and 
they're trying to say that autopilot and full self-drive is dangerous and killing people and they've launched an official probe into it when the reality is the number of accidents are tiny the number of saves which is where autopilot has managed to avoid an accident which it will do right are immense and not being taken into account yet still there are federal probes there are headlines and we're not seeing this on ford's blue cruise or gm's cruise control whatever it's called i forget what it's called or is it byd in the han they've got like uh, what do they call it die pilot <laughs> these companies just don't get any of that attention and the way the Americans are trying to eat one of their own when the Chinese manufacturers are lining up on their doorstep, they're trying to eat their most valuable team player, you know, like the guy that can kick or throw the football, if you're American listening, the furthest, they're trying to put in chains and hobble all the while there's a bigger, better team waiting at the door. Now, I will say it quite clearly, and all this epicast has gone way too long, when the Chinese get into America and get their act together with electric cars, Tesla may and possibly will be the only one left standing. Everyone else will be out of business. Mark my words, and the American government propping up substandard businesses that have taken their eye off the ball and trying to kill their most valuable player, they're going to get what they deserve. So thank you for listening to Range Anxiety.